0: Why work from home when your office could be anywhere that you can drive to or take a ferry or a boat. Uh, Mid-America RV uh, will be your gateway to adventure in the year 2021. I'm changing the ad reads, sue me, I'm tired. They have a diverse selection of travel trailers. Toy haulers, fifth wheelers, teardrops, they have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty. Forever game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. I can uh, attest to this because after the 2021 NFL Draft, I'm taking my RV from Mid-America RV and I'm driving the hell away from Missouri. For 10 days of camping and hiking, will I return? Maybe. TBD. To
1: be determined. TBD.
0: But I will at least, TBD I will leave name. my house with truck, trailer, and fiance. Hopefully we return. That's where I'm at, basically.
1: And my advice to you for avoiding chafing on your hikes, on hikes would be to use Manscaped products and use Two Guys 20 if you need 20% off, just in case.
2: That was really you good, didn't... Paige. I did not know where you were going there. <laughs> you recovered nicely. I was like, oh, boy, Thank God, you. She's Thank do you it. very
1: much.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, they actually sent us. I don't know. I don't know, Paige, if you get all the care packages from them that Mello and I do. I hope you hasn't do. use them like we have. Uh, But they sent last week. It was the deodorant, which is it's that time of year, guys. I've talked about it before. It's a lotion that you put on once you air dry, and it's amazing smells like sandalwood and like sawdust and it keeps that chafing way way down so big big fan of that Uh, but today on our show it's coming out a day later because we've had a lot going on and it seems like things are changing constantly but today on the show our beloved Paige Kuhn will be moderating a mock draft Mello and I get to play general manager with a mock draft based on what we think will happen this is not what we would do so what we think,
1: think will, will happen. happen. Very specific. We need everyone to know that. But yeah, I'm. we apologize for the craziness of our show being out on different days. That just is the nature of March Madness, draft season, and all of the above for everyone in this, this group. So it is definitely mm-hmm. hard to sing two guys and a girl, but we are working on it. And as soon as the draft season is over, it's going to be a lot easier,
2: I'm sure.
0: I hope so. I do hope so. So I believe we went oldest goes first today. Yeah, that...
2: I, I let you have the first pick because I honestly just wanted you to have the third pick.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's usually how this works. So Just in so you'll case, yeah. will take the yeah. odds, I'll take the evens. Yep. Uh, I mean, Paige, do you, I don't know, do you need to officially put me on the clock here or do we just no, rock it? No, I roll can let you thing? go because
1: I think we've been on the clock for the first pick since, I don't know, the
2: January 1st. since Trevor
1: Lawrence got out yeah. of college so and officially
2: declared the out draft. of
1: the womb
0: congrats to Trevor Lawrence who got married this past weekend uh, fun fact he and I are getting suits from the same company for our weddings so love that about us best okay. friends
1: just, another fun fact He got married at the place that I legitimately would love to get married at. Like it's on my dream wedding location venues and props to him. And I tagged them in that and they liked my story. So just putting that out there that I, I love the the montage there. So.
2: Well, I have a fun fact too. Oh boy. Trevor Lawrence got married this weekend and I will never. (laughs) (laughs) I was also curious, though, like, this dude got married this weekend, but he was also at the Masters. Well, it It, was very close. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. Still. Yeah. I guess if you can get away with it, go for it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They have these things called private planes that usually people use um, when they have... But still,
2: you're spending your honeymoon at the Masters? Paige, you have to be, like, the only girl that would be willing to do (laughs) that. Well, I
0: saw they drove off in a golf cart. I think his wife might just be... No, 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 no.
1: He was at the Masters first, and and then... He was at the Masters on Friday or Saturday, or Friday, and his wedding, I think, was Saturday. Or he might have been there even Thursday. I don't think he was there afterwards.
2: I don't know if that's really good time management planning or if it's really bad. Like, hey, bro, if you wanna go to the Masters, just get married a different weekend. Yeah.
1: Mm. No, he's kinda got a few busy weekends coming up.
0: Can relate, (laughs) can relate. So anyway, Trevor Lawrence is the first pick. To the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer didn't come out of retirement to coach Zach Wilson, so it will be Trevor Lawrence.
2: Nope, and Zach Wilson is going to be the number two overall pick in this draft. I, I feel like I've been saying it for a while. It's just that's going to happen. First three picks.
0: Paige, any surprise for you there with the first two?
1: No. Since you've since you've nope. said it's pretty much set in stone, then I've, I've, I've... I
0: love your faith in me.
1: I Yeah, you know what? I trust you because I know that you talk to people, I think more so than most people. I know that you talk to people and have very reliable sources. Um, so I trust what you're you're saying.
0: Yeah. It's also with the new job. Like you don't get to pull up with like you.
2: You got <laughs> to uh, have you, that right? big news to just slap on the table. Right, I right. That's what
0: I heard. I was at a meeting with <laughs> Schefter yesterday and I was like, I'm actually, I literally said this. I was like, I'm actually just going to shut up and stop pretending like I have any news about the situation because Adam Schefter is on this phone call. <laughs> yeah. And he was like. Well, when it comes to the draft, like you probably would get the information before me. And I was like, You're just being nice. No, I would not. So thank you. Thank you but he
2: hears it. He just doesn't want to report it. Right. He's like, And eh, don't give a shit. I'll wait for something bigger.
0: Right. Like, well, pass that stuff down to me, Shefty. It'd be great. And
1: before we get to the third pick, which this comment definitely applies to, I think as people get to know you more and more, um, they will understand that. You are someone who's going to give them the information, but I think maybe you're going to hold back on some of it to make sure, because a lot of people are very critical of these things if it's not what they want to hear, more so than ever now. So with that being said, who do you think the 49ers are going to take?
0: Again, this is what I think will happen, and I think the 49ers will select Mac Jones from Alabama. Now, we've been through all the reasons why they should and should not make this pick, or... And all the reasons why we think they will make this pick. I I saw someone today, they tweeted me, and I'm just going to take a second to address this. They tweeted me and said, the 49ers went to Mac Jones Pro Day because they knew Justin Fields would have a second one. I just want to, real quick, no. When the Niners went to the Alabama Pro Day, Justin Fields' second Pro Day had not been scheduled. No one even really knew that was a thing until Mac Jones had another one the following week. So if Mac Jones was not the guy and everyone knew he was going to have a second one, Guess where they would have went? Ohio State. Because at the time, it was Justin Fields' only pro day. Mac Jones was already scheduled for two. Do you see where I'm going with this? Niner fans are able to do some amazing mental gymnastics right now to not believe that this will be the pick. And I wrote about this today in my scouting notebook. People can check it out on thedraftscout.com. Is that everyone, everyone thinks that Mac Jones will be the pick. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah... Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, Chris Sims, me. myself, Peter King, like Adam <laughs> Schefter. Like, I, I mean, everyone in, the, in this industry right now thinks that Mac Jones will be the pick. So Niner fans can get upset all they want. I'm just telling you what I think will happen.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think a lot of people who are not... Because you guys obviously have some sort of responsibility to a brand that if you are wrong, people will... Like it's important that yes. you don't get this wrong and report the wrong thing. Do you think a lot of people that are not affiliated with things like that, that have the ability to get go, maybe get it wrong, are doing this just so that if there's a, some chance that they take Justin Fields or Trey Lance, that they have that like bragging right? I, on...
0: Honestly, I think there's some of that page. I don't know, and I, I apologize if there is one. I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone. I don't know of what I would consider a credible draft or insider voice who is not saying this. Like, I don't, you know, if like, if Ian Rappaport were saying it was going to be Justin Fields or Trey Lance and Adam Schefter was saying it was be Mac Jones, that would be very interesting to my knowledge. Yeah. And again, I apologize if I've missed someone, I don't know of anyone who is saying it will be someone other than Mac Jones, who is reputable. Like, I know people on Twitter are saying it won't be. And like my mentions are a, a nightmare right now because of this Niners stuff. But, Again, I don't know of anyone who's – there's always those people on Twitter who want to be the person who's an outsider so that if something happens, they're right, but I,
2: it just doesn't feel like it this year. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people saying that, like, this is just a media thing that they're driving for clicks, and today I was working from home and uh, Mel Kuyper released his mock, and I was watching ESPN and Get Up because they have been my favorite draft guy on there. And it was Mel like, Kiper. M- yeah. yeah, Mel Kuyper. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mel was like, you know, it's, it's probably going to be Mac Jones at three. This is the fit for the offense, blah, blah, blah. And I got to thinking about some of these tweets that I've seen where people are like, well, ESPN's is just driving this up for clicks and attention. Do you honestly think Mel Kuyper, who's been doing this for 40 years, is sitting in a meeting and they're like, hey, you know what, Mel? Actually, we need you to get this one wrong so more people will watch the draft. You think fucking Mel Kuyper is sitting in that meeting and being like, Yep, this one's for you. I'll get it wrong. Yeah, he's I know like, it's I'll take be one for the Fields, team. <laughs> but I'll right. put Mac Jones in my mock draft because I care about clicks still after forty years of doing this job. And what's funny is
0: like I within my first couple of days at ESPN, one of the things they told me was only say things that you know are true or that you believe. Mm. Like only do that because there's a lot of there's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of debate, and if you're saying things that aren't true or that you really believe, it will show up. It's like, if you don't believe something, you can only defend that point so far before someone will, like, get you riled up and you'll say what's real. So, like, that thing is, like, only, only go with what you really believe. And, like, the NFL draft, Paige, you know this at Bleacher Report, the NFL draft was the third most popular sport in the Bleacher Report app. It was the NFL, NBA, the NFL draft was the third most popular sport. We don't need to do anything to generate clicks yeah. or to no. get people to watch the NFL draft. The NFL draft will be watched by more people than round 1 of the World Series, the NBA playoffs, and probably any sport other than the Super Bowl. We don't need to generate
2: excitement for it.
1: That's true. All right, well let's move well, on have to, to number throw 4. A team
2: hashtag on there, right? <laughs> That's nope. it. Let's ahead, move Patrick. on
1: to number 4. With the Falcons, is Arthur Smith and Co going to draft their quarterback of the future or draft someone to help out their guy Matt Ryan to win now.
2: And that's what I'm going with the latter on this one. I do think that they still see a Super Bowl window. I think that Kyle Pitts is going to be the pick. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if they do take a quarterback or if maybe even they move this pick. But I think if we're just sitting here, we're going no trades in this thing. I think that front office still thinks that they can make a run. I think that You know, Like you said, Arthur Smith sees a tight end that can catch the ball, that he can put out wide as another weapon, like uh, Johnu Smith-type guy, but probably even better in year one. So I think that's what the Falcons are going to do with this thing. But I do really think they're heavily shopping this thing, and they're just waiting for somebody to come up and steal this pick for a quarterback. I, I can't imagine Justin Fields falling past pick number four. I would just think that some team would move up to get him. But in this draft, like I said, I'm going with Kyle Pitts. I think there, there is a little bit of a Super Bowl window belief in that Atlanta organization, so they're going to keep adding pieces to this team.
0: I think Atlanta is really interesting this year because it's a first-time general manager, a first-time head coach, and we don't really know what the what they believe in the building. I know Matt Ryan has told people he could play until he's in his 40s. He This is his age 36 season, so you presumably think you have at least four more years. He's under contract for three more. So it, it does seem like... I think this is a trade spot. We're not doing trades today. I think it's a trade spot or a situation where, you know, they could just say, we'll take the probably the best, best player, player in built. the draft who's not a quarterback. The LeBron of tight picks. ends,
1: you know, um, yes, you want to take that. Um, at five, we got the Cincinnati Bengals, and there's been a lot of conversation because this one was pretty much set in stone until a couple weeks ago when we thought they were going to take an offensive lineman. Now, not so sure. Matt, who you got him taken?
0: Yeah, and here's – I'm going to go Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. I don't feel great about this, and I've talked to a lot of people around the league. Cincinnati is such a small scouting uh, footprint around the NFL. They There's not a lot of good sourced information on them because they are they don't talk to a lot of people. It's kind of an older guard. You know, you don't have the fraternity of scouts there so much. So this is a tough one, but I do think it'll be Jamar Chase. My reason for this really is just Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow recruited Riley Reef there. He has said he wants Jamar Chase. If they're letting him recruit offensive linemen, they're probably letting him have some input in who the pick is. If this were Panay Sewell, I would celebrate it and be very, very happy. And I I do think, to be a naysayer to my own pick, I think there's a reason the Miami Dolphins felt comfortable trading from 3 to 6. Probably because they believe that either Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase will be on the board. So this is tough. I won't be shocked if it's Panay Sewell, but just right now my feeling would be Jamar Chase.
2: It does feel like a lot has changed since then. I, I feel like, I agree with you, Miami traded to six because they knew we were definitely going to get one of these guys. Now, <laughs> I don't know. Might have done it a little bit too early, but I, I think that they'll be okay. If I'm Cincinnati, I can't imagine passing up Penny Sewell, though. I, I know that you signed some free agents. You have a guy like Jonah Williams in there. But you can fix that left tackle spot for like a year or two uh, with who's the, the tackle that they brought right, in. Like Reef? I think that he's a solid tackle. Or you can take Sewell, and you can fix that problem for 12 years. I think he's going to be a, like a 12-year all-pro type tackle. And that offense, you're going to get the running game going. You're going to get the passing game going because now you also have your running game going. It just it makes no sense to me to take a receiver this early, but I guess we'll find out how much pool does Joe Burrow have with this organization already. Uh, he might be able to say, this is my guy, I want my guy, and I have a lot of pool. But, uh, we'll find out. We we'll pick number five. How much pull he does have?
1: Speaking of uh, guys who want their guys, the Miami Dolphins are up next. Who do you have them taking?
2: I'm gonna go. I, I think they want the receiver. I'm gonna give them Devontae Smith. I think that he would rather be with a guy like Mac Jones, but Ayo. he doesn't get that. He's not going to San Francisco. Uh, But I do I I agree with what Matt said earlier. I think that Miami traded there for a reason because they knew they could probably get a wide receiver there, and maybe they didn't expect it to be the third guy here, but I do think that they'll take Smith. I think he pairs nice uh, with that offense and the other pieces that they already have. They brought in Will Fuller. They have uh, Devontae Parker. Uh, So I I think that that's a good move for Miami. I don't like taking receivers this early, but I think it's a good move for them.
0: Yeah, I think Miami, again, it's tough because – they traded back with the assumption that Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase would be there. That could still happen. Brian Flores and Chris Greer are very plugged in to the NFL. Uh, they have a very good scouting staff down there. That could be the case. If not, then I, I like your pick of Devonte Smith because he does fit what they need, I think. With Parker and Will Fuller there, Will Fuller is your vertical stretch, speed guy. Devontae Smith would be your like underneath timing guy. So I, I like that pick.
1: I just think it's funny because I know a listener asked us a couple weeks ago about like the like college connection and if it matters. And I think we're going to find out it's not I don't think two it's of them. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think it's it's necessarily about the college connection. It's more so about the fact that like teams are trusting the guys, their guys and their quarterbacks to to have an opinion on something that would affect, you know, how the offense goes. So I think that would be more of what it would be than like the college connection and them being like oh they played well in college so we'll do that I think it'll be more of them listening to who it is and it'll be a very specific situation but um number seven the Detroit Lions what are we working with here yeah I'm gonna
0: we have to look at the board right they lost three wide receivers but the top two are off the board as is Kyle Pitts who would play you know kind of anywhere for them so what do you do they don't really need an offensive lineman there's not really a pass rusher that's a value here what do you do? They're locked into Jared Goff. I have them going Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. I think this is a little early for him based on what a lot of people are seeing, but he's my number six overall prospect. And the Lions missed badly. on Rod Davis they drafted in the first round at linebacker. He's gone now. So I think it is a, it's a sneaky need for them. And if you can get a six foot three, 245 pound linebacker who runs a high four three in the 40 yard dash, like that's, that's pretty good value, especially since he can rush off the edge. I go back to what Dan Campbell said about they
2: want knee biters or whatever, like yeah. kneecap eaters. I don't know something they're, they're like that. Take your kneecaps, where you fall down and where you come up and going to bite your kneecaps off. Right. You know, one like of those guys would do that. I I think he could if he wanted to, because I haven't seen anything on the football field that he can't do. Uh, I know that who uh, was James Franklin saying that he could probably play running back if he wanted to. Uh, there was a, a minute there he was listed as their punt returner in yep. the spring yeah, before yeah, he opted that. out. Like he isn't absolute phenomenal athlete and I think if you're Detroit and you have a little bit of uncertainty maybe you don't want to take an offensive lineman you're not comfortable with a guy like Jalen Waddell I think Mark Micah Parsons could definitely be the pick there seven
1: so I read on a, a specific uh, draft website that um, there's a first-time general manager for the next team who you know potentially would want to make his pick safe so what's the safe pick that the Carolina Panthers are going to make Matt Miller
2: but it's not me. Gets this one. Oh. yeah, I think the safe pick in this one is going to be Penny Sewell. I agree, though. Uh, I think when you sit here and you look at it, what does Carolina need? Uh, they, they brought in Sam Darnold. They picked up his fifth-year extension. I think they feel pretty confident with what they have there at quarterback, and they're going to at least give it a go. They're going to try to surround him with some weapons. I don't think Jalen Waddell is a great fit here, so I don't think they're going to go receiver. I think they're looking at it and saying – how the hell did Penny Sewell fall to us? At eight? And you snatch him up. You give Sam Darnold some protection. I, I think. That, I mean, it also helps Christian McCaffrey. Helps your entire offense if you get Damn. a guy like Penny Sewell. So I, I, I think that's the direction that they go. That's kind of what I want to see. I'm slowly like becoming a Panthers fan. I don't know, rooting for them. I just, I really like the moves that they've been making over the last couple of years. Even last year to just be like, you know what, fuck it, defense. defense. Just load up on it. Now, their defense is pretty good. And they might get one of my favorite players in the class right here. I love it.
0: And I love you, that pick. Like,
2: I've said before, if
0: the Niners draft Mac Jones, I will be looking for a new team. The Panthers would be in my top three.
2: <laughs> I can see that already, for myself. You should.
1: I, on our next episode, we're going to have Matt pick um, his top three new, new team. teams. So that when I, the day comes... Is, He's I'm ready sure to go. like
0: people who actually listen to this podcast and that we're friends with would know this. Everybody's like, "Oh, he'll be a Chiefs fan." I will not be. I like I enjoy tailgating at Chiefs games. I have multiple, like I have friends who play there, work there. It's close in terms of proximity. I will not be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. That will never be my prime. Like, oh, what team are you a fan of? I'm a Chiefs fan. It won't happen. Like, and I, I love Mahomes. Like, it just won't happen. I. Have been like tainted by that organization since
2: I was a child, surrounded by Chiefs fans. So, Chiefs fans are, are hard to handle, they really are. Even being one myself, it's rough sometimes. I get it. speaking
0: of a team that I may be a new fan of very soon, though, the Denver Broncos. And I think that they are a club that could trade up from this number nine spot overall okay. because new GM and George Payton. I don't believe that they look at Drew Locke as the answer there. They solved a lot of problems in free agency, so they have room to move up. I do believe that Trey Lance is the top quarterback on the board for them. If he's there at 9, it's a no-brainer. Again, I think we see a lot more movement on draft night. We're not doing trades in this mock, but you know, a team like the Atlanta Falcons, someone could trade up to that spot. I, I wouldn't even be shocked uh, to see Miami trade up to, to secure one of those two guys that we talked about who they're like, oh shit, now they might not be there. But I think Denver... And New England are two teams that could trade up for a quarterback. So I've got Denver going Trey Lance.
1: So question, I know we talked about this um, before, and I know we're not doing trades. Do you still think that all of the like top four quarterbacks go within the top six picks and there's just a lot of movement leading up to draft day or day of?
0: No, or do you think it's I don't. Changed? I, okay. I think it's changed. It's probably within the top ten we have five quarterbacks, but we'll get to that if and when he comes off the board. But I do think that Justin Fields is slipping. But like, slipping based on public perception or, like, where all of us have him ranked versus where he will be drafted. You could call it slipping. It's not like he's doing anything to fall down the board. But I do think there's there's a difference between where he's graded and where he'll be drafted, which is why I had Trey Lance go in here. Interesting. And I like
2: that pick. I really like Trey Lance. Same. But I, it is – it's – I saw somebody tweeting it or something. I don't remember where I consume all my content. But they're like, "Why? what happened with Justin Fields? Why is he falling? He hasn't taken a snap, uh, but we're seeing him drastically fall. It's just part of the process. Uh, every it, year. It, it happens every year. I mean, even guys like you know, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. I think that Justin Fields is maybe just going to be one of those guys who is going to fall down a little bit in the draft, and it sucks to see it. But How
1: do you avoid it that, It happens though? every year. Is it just like the nature of who you're being drafted with at that position? Like
0: I some of it is unavoidable. I do think that like that he hasn't done anything wrong. He couldn't have done anything more. You know, some of it is just the system that he plays in. People don't really like it as far as it translates to the next level. Doesn't help him that the last person to come out of that system busted pretty badly, even though it had nothing really to do with where he went to college. So mm-hmm. I think there's just a lot of like unfortunate uncontrollable events for Justin Fields. I don't get it. I've said before, if I put a blindfold on you, Mello, and said, "Okay, I'm describing a quarterback to you, but you you can't you can't see him or where he went to college. Mm-hmm. He's 6'3", 230. He ran a 44 in the 40-yard dash. He was a Heisman candidate for 2 years. He never lost a game in conference. He went to the Coastal playoffs for 2 years, and he outdueled players like Trevor Lawrence. Where would you draft him? How, How do you play, play against, against Northwestern? <laughs> Struggle. <laughs>
2: yeah. But they, had like,
0: they did have like a ton of guys out due to COVID that game.
2: Yeah, I mean, players have bad games. You can go look at some of Trevor Lawrence's. He had bad games. You see Zach Wilson get put on his ass against Coastal Carolina. It, just, it happens. And Northwestern is a tough place to play. They've got that super tall grass. They have really good corners. I think even watching the Northwestern game, we didn't really know about Greg Newsom yet. Right. He's like, hey, this guy's actually pretty solid. No, he's fucking good is what he is. So I I don't understand it. I, I think that we're just kind of overlooking him. I haven't been Justin Fields' biggest fan this entire time, but for him to be quarterback five in this draft class is pretty shocking.
1: Yeah, it I don't
2: remember where we left off.
1: Well, a team that does not need a quarterback, the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, Mello. I'll let you take your sip of water, and then will you tell us who, the, you, would, who you think they're selecting? I think it's
2: going to be corner, and I've been putting Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys this entire time. I think a lot of us have, uh, which is making me second-guess it and be like, you know what, they're going to take J.C. Horn here. But I'm going to give them Patrick Sertan today, uh, really just because I have been this whole time. I I think it's a great fit. I think that he comes in as a day-one starter. I actually like him, Horn, and still Farley quite a bit in this class. But I do think that Patrick Sertan has kind of separated himself. I think he'll be the number one corner off the board here at 10 to Dallas.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I know I've, sorry, Paige, I know I've been like all week being like, they should trade it for Kyle Pitts. I do think they should. I don't think they will. Um, going to cost a lot. Yeah, that's just how much I like Kyle Pitts.
1: So have you guys now officially moved um, Sertan above Caleb Farley? Because I know that was a discussion that we were having and the injury thing was the concern for you guys?
0: So for me, yes, just because the injury, I, again, not to keep referencing things I write about, but I did write about that today where um, I talked to one team's medical uh, person and he said that Caleb Farley, like he's going to recover. It might not be in time for week one. At, I know he's, Caleb said, oh, I'm fine. I'm cleared. I've been told that's not the case. Like, yes, he'll recover. They just don't know the timeline on it. So I think that, that's enough of a concern that you have to push him down a little bit.
1: Yeah. It's almost like I, I read have... what you write and know that you have things to say about these things.
2: Well, that's I appreciate crazy. that. So crazy. I have Sertan over Farley. I, I have always, though, yeah, for me. Are. like who I Yeah, like. you like. I, I think I fell in love with Patrick Sertan his freshman year. It's like, holy shit, this is a good corner. And it, he proved me right the entire time. It's not like it was a bold take. but Do you think
0: I really like it. I'm interested for, for your take on this? Do you think he's someone where scheme really matters because he was moved around so much at Alabama? Or do you think he's just like, man, coverage, go to your shit? I think he can be.
2: I think he can be. He's guarded a lot of really good receivers at the college level, (laughs) all of the LSU receivers, and I think he's had his struggles too. But uh, the field readiness for me is what gets me with Sertan. Coming out of Alabama – I don't know how much better he can actually get, but I think he's got a lot of good physical tools. Obviously, his father played in the NFL for a long time. Mm -hmm. I I just think he's going to be really good, no matter what scheme you want to put him in. I do worry that he gets a little bit handsy sometimes. Like that's the only thing that really worries me about Saratane. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, I was going to say you should be worried about anyone that's
1: a little
2: handsy. No, you, right?
1: Um, number eleven, the New York Football Giants. Matt, who you have them taking?
0: (laughs) Very tough pick for me because I think the board just breaks poorly for them. They need a pass rusher. There's not one that I value here. I think they like Matt Pert at right tackle enough to not get into the Rashawn Slater territory here. So I'm going to go wide receiver, Jalen Waddle. I know they picked up Kenny Galladay. These are very, very different players. And I do think that there is a belief, uh, I know that that JoJo. Joe, that's his name. Joe Judge has said that he believes in Daniel Jones. I think they need to start putting more pieces around him. So, I'm going to Jalen Waddle to give them that vertical threat that hopefully will open up this offense.
2: I think that'd make fans really happy. It seems like they really want yeah. another receiver in there, another weapon. And I agree. I do think they really believe in Daniel Jones and want to give him every chance to succeed.
1: Number 12, we've got the Eagles. They moved back. So, where do you think they go with this? I feel like they They don't need anything – they don't need this to be a home run, but I feel like you need to make do with what you got.
2: Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, some Eagle fans are going to be mad because every receiver's off the board now. But I actually think they moved down to 12 because they probably assumed all the receivers would be off the board. I don't think that's where they're going. Uh, I think they looked at this and said, well, we're not going to get Devontae Smith. We're not going to get Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase probably. Um, And they probably are targeting a corner. That's why I have J.C. Horn coming off the board here, I think they moved down to twelve, saying even if Dallas takes a corner, we're in really good shape to get another one of these guys. And I do, I like that move. I, I think they did a good job of working the board. Finally, this is also a team with Howie Roseman. They could move back up. I mean, they're yeah. uh, they're not set at twelve. They could move down. They could move back up. They could do both. It really it would not surprise me. Uh, but I think that the pick and what they're eyeing is a corner here at twelve. I think they'd be very happy if you can get JC Horn at twelve.
0: I would be very happy with that pick. I think it's an Eagles fan. And, like, yeah, there are no receivers. It's too early for, Did like, Elijah Moore. Did you just say as, Moore, as Eagles, two or two or two. I thought you meant, A5 like, I'm you. An Eagles be, yeah. fan. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, as an Eagles um, fan, I'm
1: like, you're out in the Eagles. Like, Matt's going to be a fan a of, a of, like, the teams. You'd be a Chiefs fan before an
0: Eagles fan. Yeah. There are a couple teams I've just had too many instances with their fan base where I could <laughs> never. Never. And these also are one of if people, really, if people really thought about it, they would be able to figure out who my favorite team would be once McCorkle is drafted by the 49ers. So.
1: Lord. That's his name. I'm just so worried about the reaction on that. I just don't know that I can handle the the Twitter effects of I'm gonna it. I'm
0: going to be in Cleveland just, like, doing one of these, like, just trying to rile up the, like, Browns fans, you've seen shitty quarterbacks drafted for three decades it's now it's someone else's now it's turn. San
2: Francisco's turn he's right?
0: not a shitty Start quarterback he's just jersey. not
1: one you draft up to three to take anyway let's not get he,
0: you're right he's not, not a shitty quarterback it's just a shitty value
1: yes yes for what they yes right. I, exactly right um the chargers at 13 matt
0: this is so ideal for the Chargers, this situation, because we haven't had that run on offensive tackles. Left tackle is their biggest need by far. I think Rashawn Slater, Like you don't even hesitate with him on the board. Call it like speed dial, boop, calling it. That's the pick. Protect Justin Herbert. I know Tom Telesco has not really valued the offensive line early in drafts. I think that strategy has to change now that you have a franchise quarterback who's young, mobile, and a, you got a big hole at that left tackle spot.
2: I think so, too. I, I think they'd be very quick if Slater were to fall here. If not, I think they could, they're still going to go tackle. I think the Chargers and the Chiefs going left tackle is a pretty solid bet and if you're doing prop bets or anything like that in the NFL draft this year. And I do like Slater. Yeah, I think that his versatility is, oh, they got a lot of them, Paige. Lots of them. But I, I think Slater, plug him in anywhere. He can literally play all five positions. So even if you get him in and you're like, yeah, I don't really love him at left tackle, Try him at right tackle. Try him at guard. Play him at center right if you oh, need him to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like this kid a lot, and I, I do love his versatility. But I also think that he can play left tackle. And if you can find a left tackle of your future at 13, which I think Slater is, you have to snag it. Snag
1: it. Snag. Yeah. Steal the draft. Um, 14, the Minnesota Vikings. I
2: feel New like Man a on the Minnesota Vikings. I feel like they do too. And oh I, they God. could go corner here. Uh, But I don't know if they trust Caleb Farley in the medicals just yet. So I am going to go offensive lineman where we do see a little bit of a run. uh, And I'm going to have him take Christian Derisaw. I do think it'll be interesting if we see J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertian fall to Minnesota. Obviously, they've had some problems with their corners, uh, staying out of trouble there. But for right now, I think they do go with a guy like Christian Derisaw to be that left tackle.
0: I, yeah, Darisal is so raw and athletic. I know some teams see him as a right tackle. Some see him as a left. I think he can play left tackle, and this is the biggest need for them. You know, with Riley Reef leaving a free agency after they couldn't restructure. I like Brian O'Neill. I like Ezra Cleveland, who they drafted in the second round last year. He's probably going to stay at guard. Uh, Garrett Bradbury at center. Like, they've invested a lot in this offensive line. I would say you just keep it going. I would throw out pass rusher, though, as a possibility. Again, it's tough because there's, like, not that dude this year. But right. Daniel Hunter doesn't love his contract. Yannick Gakwe, they traded a second for this guy and it didn't pan out. So, I, I just think there's a there's a hole there that they could go get try to fill, at least.
1: I can see the picks before um, I talk to you guys, and this honestly sounds like a nightmare for the rest of the league. So, Matt, who do it you is. have Bill Belichick taking in the New England Patriots at 15?
0: Justin motherfucking fields at 15 overall my number two quarterback in this class goes to the legion of doom what'd you say
1: I no. I just honestly I just thought about this if when I guess I should say the Niners draft Mac Jones I think Bill Belichick had something to do with this because he wanted Justin Fields (laughs) to slip he wanted that to happen he wanted the other quarterbacks to be available later
2: did you tell her about this
0: I've actually heard around the league that Belichick is like has done that in the past and so, maybe doing it again. It's like inception because everyone to God. I, like, usually,
1: I have notes on a lot of things. That one I did not know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there is definitely there is there's one hundred percent of belief in the <sighs> NFL right now that Bill Belichick is trying to push Justin Field's stock down. Now he could also just be pushing his stock down not because he's like because he doesn't like him, but I know that people no. are a little bit worried. So I don't think Justin Fields will fall to 15, by the way. I think if he started to fall like this, there would be a trade up Chicago, Washington, New Orleans. But I think he ultimately ends up with the
2: Patriots via a trade up the board. I have a feeling he goes like seven. I think even if he starts to slip a little bit, seven or eight, you could see a team come up. Yeah, the Panthers could trade down too. But I think that we're going to see. Trey Lance go top 10. I think we're going to see Justin Fields go top 10. But I do think the Patriots do really love Justin Fields and that they would come up to get him. I think bringing in Cam Newton for another year kind of just signaled that they actually really like that offense that they can run. There might not be a better quarterback to do it than Justin Fields, who didn't run much at Ohio State, but he can. (laughs) Obviously had that exceptional 40 time. He can definitely do it. Uh, it would be a scary fit for everybody in the NFL. They've yeah. they've covered a lot of their needs in free agency. Now you can bring in Justin Fields, and you hope to God that Cam Newton takes him under his wing for a year and kind of tutors him up. I think Justin Fields could be the starter in New England very soon if he gets drafted. Back. I think yes. uh, Cam and like, sorry, Cam sorry. and
1: Justin would be a match made in heaven in terms of like like I know that I don't think Cam would gel well with a lot of people, but I think that's somebody that I would see him being cool with and being okay with to be around and sort of mentor a little
0: that's the thing I was going to say there I remember the first time I watched Justin Fields play it was actually when he was at Georgia and we were watching the game together and I was like I didn't know how big he was I was like he moves like Cam Newton like just he moves I'm not he's a better I think he's a more accurate thrower he just moves like Cam Newton and then I realized, okay he's a little bit shorter but like he's stocky he's fast he's powerful like he really does move like him, so I would be, obviously, such a big fan of that pick. Yeah,
1: Well, and it sort of makes sense to, like, push his his stock down a little bit because there's a big difference between going from 15 to the top 6, sort of like what everyone was talking about, to even the top 10 or 11. So mm-hmm. I think moving him down even a little made it easier for, for him, but that is a frightening um, idea for all of us. Um, let's see. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they got J.J. Watt, they've got Kyler Murray... Where are they going with this pick?
2: I think they're going to go defense. I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if they would have taken a running back, but then we learned earlier today, actually, that they signed James Conner out of Pittsburgh. So I, I think go. that maybe they're happy with their running back depth, and taking a running back in the first round might not be a great idea. They have to also replace Patrick Peterson at corner, who is now in, I believe, Minnesota, yep. I think. Uh, I'm going to have them take Caleb Farley here. I I think that they look at the medicals and they say, all right, we'll take a chance on it. If it's not Farley, I do think it'll be uh, Newsome out of Northwestern, but I think they have a big need at corner. and Caleb Farley, he might not be ready week one, but is he ready week eight? It's his rookie season. Uh, Get him for the future because his potential is outstanding. He could be a lockdown corner. and If he misses the first eight games of his rookie season, who gives a shit? You might have one of the best corners in the league uh, if he maxes out his potential.
0: Uh, and I was to add in there, Paige knows this because she read the article today that Arizona is a team a lot of people around the NFL think tries to move up in the first round. So could be for a corner, could be for a tackle opposite DJ Humphrey. So something to keep an eye on.
1: All right, number 17, the Las Vegas Raiders. That's still so weird to say.
0: Everyone knows how I feel about this team's ability to draft. It's not good, so I'm going to give them a little helpful hand here. I do think they go middle of the field. They try to address this defense. Mello, what do we know about Mike Mayock and John Gruden? What do they do?
2: Big programs, big character guys.
0: Exactly. That is Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo, who you heard on this podcast. The The character doesn't get bigger. The leadership does not get better. And he was great at a major program, Notre Dame, who Mike Mayock used to call games for. I'm connecting a lot of dots here. I think it happens. I think Owusu-Koromoa is a Raider, and it's a great pick for them. It honestly is. With the tight ends and quarterbacks you have to deal with in that division, you better do something in the middle of the field.
2: Yeah, I agree. I really like this player. I hate to see him go to Vegas where the Chiefs will have to play him twice a year. But yeah. uh, you also have to worry, like you said, stopping the tight ends that are in this division, stopping the quarterbacks that are in this division. I mean, Noah Fant in Denver is very good. Travis Kelsey's is still very good. And Owusu-Koromoa gives you a weapon that is very good in pass coverage and not a bad blitzer either. I think that if he were a little bit heavier, we would probably see more top 10 buzz. At his pro day, he worked
0: out at defensive line, linebacker, and safety.
2: And, I mean, when we talked to him, we mentioned it too. He's one hell of a special teams player. And, I mean, he might actually be like, you know, a guy who's going to get drafted top 20 who wants to get out there and be on, like, kick return or kickoff coverage. So I, I love the kid. I think it's a good pick. I would have done the same thing here with Vegas. It just it feels like this is going to be the pick.
1: So, Mello, you had the Dolphins taking Devontae Smith with their first pick of this round. What do you got at 18 for the Dolphins?
2: I think they go defense, uh, trying to replace some edge rush help, and I'm going to give them Aziz Olajari out of Georgia. I think he's a great stand-up rusher. He showed that he can put on a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Came in at like 249 in his pro day. He's got a lot of bend, a lot of burst. I think he's going to be a very good pass rusher. Uh, Him falling here at 18, I think he's the first pass rusher we have coming off the board here. Uh, Yes. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a shocker, but I think he would be a great fit for what Flores wants to do with this defense and be versatile and, and be able to rush from a lot of different spots on the field.
0: It's getting harder to make our picks while we're talking because like we're getting like I have like a big board that I'm deleting guys from and I'm trying to like make the pick while you're talking and like think and it's like and also listen to what you say just in case you like I don't know. Make test a me point in that anything, you want to play, shape, or form. Right? <laughs> now
2: I want to. <laughs>
0: right? I know. <laughs> now he so knows you, you showed that. your cards. You should not have done that. I think Aziz is an interesting player because and I know Daniel Jeremiah tweeted this. So I'm not trying to snipe his information. Is that like there is no consensus on the pass rushers this year at oh, all? There's not. Like Quitty Pay. Like you and I don't even agree. Like Quitty Pay, good player. Jalen Phillips. You got the injury stuff, right? Great player, but the injury stuff. Azizo Jelari really small; like he's not a scheme fit for everyone. Gregory Russo opted out and didn't have a very good pro day; like he doesn't have a ton of burst. It's like there are just so many questions in this edge rusher group. But I do agree, Miami. You know, after they get a wide receiver at six, they got to figure out it'll be, I think, a front seven defender for them at at eighteen.
1: My uh, favorite draft analyst. Um, was reporting that uh, this team is a team that will probably be in the conversation to move up in the draft. But if the Washington football team at 19 is staying there, Matt, who do you have them taking? Also, yes, it was you that said that.
0: I love your guys' support for Mel because he is a sweetheart. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do think Washington. It, there's a lot of there's a lot of buzz. Like I was in a production meeting uh, over the weekend actually, and somebody was like, "Have you heard anything about Washington moving up?" And I was like. Wait, what? And so then you have to start, like asking people like, wait, did you have you heard about this? Like, what what's going on? Um, so I think Washington they miss out on the quarterbacks. They miss out on the left tackles. So I have them going defense. They have a big need at linebacker. My favorite linebacker in this class, not named Micah Parsons, is Jameen Davis from Kentucky. The Darius Leonard comps are out there for a reason. He is so good on all three downs. He, I mean, it, it's truly a do it all linebacker. And I think that is Washington needs a quarterback. They need a left tackle. But finding someone like Jameen Davis with how great their defensive line is, holy smokes, that defense would be so good.
2: I think so too. With Washington, there are so many needs. I I would try to move up if I were them. I just don't know if they're going to be able to. 19 to whatever they're going to have to do is a big jump. And loading up on this defense, it would be scary. With already guys like Chase Young in there, now you're starting to add to that second – Next tier to their defense. Uh, load up. Guess you try to stop the Cowboys in any way you can. He would definitely be a piece to do that. At
1: 20, we've got the Bears. Mellow. The Bears pictures. don't get a
2: quarterback either. Uh, I think that they're going to go tackle. I, I This is where we have Tevin Jenkins, other friend of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I hope that he gets his wish and he gets to play on the right side and he's very good for a very long time. Chicago desperately needs somebody to help this offense. And while that might be you know some people would say like yeah, take a receiver to help your offense you have a veteran quarterback so i don't think you have to surround him with weapons i haven't heard anything about alan robinson in a very long time so that tells me he's probably staying in chicago i think you help that offensive line you help your running game you help your quarterback everybody's happy and i do think that he is a guy who is a day one starter plug him in and he'll be ready to go on that offensive line
0: yeah i like that pick that's i have been a Big-time critic of Chicago's offensive line, especially at tackle. So, um, yeah, I, I do like this a lot.
1: Look at that, making it easy. The Indianapolis Colts are at 21.
0: Yeah. Uh, this was not easy at all because they need a left tackle. But I think this is – I don't think that, that your guy, Vera Tucker, is going to be a left tackle in the NFL. I think he's to be a guard. So I didn't want to put him here because they don't need a guard. They need a tackle. I don't want to reach for someone like a Samuel Cosme or Walker Little. Uh, so I'm going to go Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from Miami. Uh, this is an area where they they have drafted. They have used money in free agency. They still need a pass rusher. So I think Jalen Phillips both fits the defense and is a good value here. The key is clearing him of the concussions that happened at UCLA. But people I've spoke to said you know, he played every game for Miami last year. He, he was fine. So I, I think that, that hopefully that situation has gotten better.
1: All right,
2: ten- uh, I should probably talk about it too, huh? It, uh, you're right. Not, like, we just now we want like, to move on to ahead. Tennessee.
1: We can move to Tennessee.
2: Let's move to Tennessee. Okay, they have a
1: Together. decent amount of picks. What do you think they're doing with
2: this one? Uh, they have a decent amount of needs as well. I yeah. think they could go tackle, but Tevin Jenkins already gone. They could go receiver. They could go pass rusher. I think that they're going to go receiver with the value. I have them taking Kadarius Tony here. I think he pairs very nicely with a guy like AJ Brown. Uh, the offense did have a little bit of struggles last year. I think you, you come in and you try to replace a guy, maybe give you a, an exciting weapon that you haven't had there before. You've had some bigger receivers. Get a guy like Kadarius Tony, and then you can fill those other needs late. Like yeah. you know, we were talking about earlier, we haven't had many edge rushers come off the board yet. It's still a lot of good, deep offensive line class. So I think they go receiver here. I'm going to give them the best one, in my opinion, on the board right now, and that's Kadarius Toney.
0: I do think he would be a good fit there. I think that they really are probably going to go defense, though, at this pick, whether that's a corner. Because I remember they lost a couple guys there. They lost uh, Kenny Vaccaro at safety. You're right. They have so many needs that, you know, D-tackle is still a need. Right tackle is a need. Wide receiver, tight end, corner. So – Man, I think they have eight picks in this draft. They have to be pretty aggressive this year. Nine? They have nine picks. they got to be aggressive. I think,
1: um, just out of curiosity, in this situation, when you do have that many needs and this many picks, like what, in terms of position, is this a place where you go best available and you think, Melo, that's why you kind of went with that pick, is because this, in terms of position, was the best available for how far down there? Yeah.
2: I think the value at this position is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Even though I, we all seen the tweet now about how often receivers bust out of the first round. You still got to take a chance. You still got to swing on it. Uh, it's not like there's a huge hit rate in the second round for receivers. It's just a hard a pick to draft. So yeah, and they desperately need one. Where I think that you can. You can find some tackles to play right tackle. The rest of your line is still pretty damn good. You just missed on your right tackle last year. So I think they do look at it and say, what's the best value here? And for me, that's receiver.
1: Gotcha. So the Jets are for sure, basically, we know, taking – for sure, basically, we know is what I'm prefacing this with so that we can get out of this. (laughs) Whatever we need to clip out when the draft comes out. Um, The Jets are taking Zach Wilson at 2, but at 23, Matt, who do you have them taking –
0: yeah, I have them going to the defensive side of the ball. Robert Sala, hired from our 49ers or Pages 49ers. We'll see. We might have yeah, to clip that mine. out for after the draft. <laughs> uh, Greg Newsome the second, who Mello mentioned from Northwestern. I remember watching him against Ohio State, and I was like, damn, I wish he were draft eligible because that. They- I think Northwestern is one of those weird schools that does it maybe by academic year. I don't know. For some reason, I didn't think he was draft eligible watching that game, and then you find out that he is, and you're like, "Oh well, hello,
2: good sir." I I had the same problem actually. I think that he was one of those guys. Was he like a redshirt sophomore? But then I but he was listed Northwestern, as sorry. Like maybe he was listed as a sophomore. I feel like something like that happens. I know I, I hate, made the same mistake. I hate
1: to tell you guys this, but that shit's gonna get a lot more confusing in the next couple of years because of this COVID right. year that everybody got <laughs> stuff back.
0: True. Okay. Well, anyway, once we found out he was draft <laughs> eligible, which God schools help us out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love his game and I think he would fit great with what Sala wants to do. I know a lot of people are going to think, well, like the Niners never drafted corners early. They needed to, they needed to, that was a weak spot for them. Michaela Weatherspoon was not good. They got very lucky with the Richard Sherman signing or, or they're very intelligent. However you want to read into that. So I think Newsom
2: would give Salah that big corner that he needs for this defense. I I really like him too. I I think the most surprising thing is maybe if he if he falls or if he's drafted below Caleb Farley. He just stole a pick from me. Damn like, you. Uh but I, I do I think that he's a really good player. And i like this pick for the Jets. Go in and get yourself a guy. they've they've done a very good job of filling a lot of their holes. If the draft falls this way of getting a receiver, a pass rusher, now a corner, and, you know, a quarterback with the number two overall pick, that's kind of, I mean, if I were the GM, that's kind of how I would draw it up, too. So I think they're doing a very good job. And Jet fans should be very happy if they get a guy like Newsom in the first round.
1: So basically, Mel is also qualified to be a GM. Um, 24, yep. the Pittsburgh Steelers. Melo, since you're so good at being a GM.
2: Uh, I am very good at being a GM. Just waiting for that call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go Elijah Tucker. The Steelers, sneaky, have so many needs. Yeah on this team, and I debated going like an edge rusher, but I don't know if I love any of them that are here uh, to fit with what Pittsburgh does. I mean, if Aziz Olajarli was here with this pick, I would pull the trigger on it. If Jalen Phillips was, I think that would be the pick, but they're not there. So I am going to go with Elijah Vera Tucker. Maybe he could be your left tackle. If not, you might kick him inside the center even. I I think that he could play every position along the offensive line if needed, we just haven't seen it yet, but they they definitely have some needs up front with their left tackle, and then uh, the Pouncey brother retiring at center. I think they, they could go offensive line, and Vera Tucker is definitely a guy that gives them a lot of versatility.
0: Uh, a popular pick here is running back, but I think mm-hmm. they've said they want to improve <clears> the <throat> offensive line. One way to do that, or the run game, excuse me. One way to do that is improve the offensive line. So, if you were to I pick a Nadji running back, Harris, here. I was
1: just gonna say if you were to pick a running Nadji back, here, who would you yep. pick? <laughs>
0: It would be Najee Harris. And I think there's a good chance of that, but this is a deep running back class as it seemingly always is. So like you could get Javante Williams in the second round and an offensive lineman here. That's that's how you stack picks. I switched the draft order. I wanted no, I you. Know. Yep. So it's helping you out there. Well
1: in draft Not in the draft
0: order. I switched the GM. Yeah, we like, didn't trade over here. Or anything, right?
1: I was like, right. uh, "Melo's going to pick for like, the do Chiefs." You have that poll? Maybe it is the media that's trying to drive this. Um.
2: <laughs> yeah. Look at how they affect the draft. Even Look they—they they
1: changed the pick. They just right. said Matt Miller from ESPN and two guys on a podcast said he wants to switch the the uh, Steelers and the Jacksonville pick. Actually, right. but um who Matt? Do you have Jacksonville taking with their second pick of this
0: round? Yeah, this is a player that has been forgotten about, and I hate that, but Pat Freermouth, the tight end from Penn State. I, Penn State did not have a good year, right? The Big Ten, it was tough this year with all the COVID things going on and the schedule being so up in the air. I still like Pat Freermouth. and one thing you hear a lot is that Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke want to build that tight end room. They, they need guys there, and they have – this receiver core is not as bad as a lot of people think it is. Like DJ Chark, really good. LaVisca Shaynaul is a great fit for this offense. They added Marvin Jones. They have Colin Johnson. Like, it's actually a good receiver room. What they need is a tight end. I still think the Pat Freermouth is a late round one, early round two type player. So he's the he's the pick here for me.
2: I really like that one. I've liked him this whole time as well. Had him tight end for a very long time. Uh still actually might be tight end one in my heart but I think that he is a true in-line tight end who is going to have his hand in the dirt the whole time it's a very good pass catcher a willing blocker I like that pick and starting to build things around Trevor Lawrence I I think most times I've done a mock or seen other ones it's like oh they'll address the defense uh with that second pick but maybe they won't maybe they will go offense. so I really like that pick for them
1: the Cleveland Browns at 26 mellow
2: Browns fans really like me, so I'm sure that they will <laughs> be happy with this pick. There's been a lot of rumors about Jadavion Clowney in Cleveland, and he's there for a second meeting. Is he going to sign? Uh, to me, I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know if they can get that price worked out right, but it looks like they want a big pass rusher. Okay, so I'm going to give them Gregory Russo, who uh, was a top-10 guy uh, this year, this time last year. So I, I think that he is going to be that pick to, for Cleveland stopping Lamar Jackson is key so i think that they have to do that uh, they're going to go somewhere on the defensive side unless there's a receiver there that they really like but i i feel like they're solid at receiver and tight end so i am going to give them gregory russo out of miami i think that he's a good fit for what they're looking for opposite miles garrett
0: i like it yeah no i think this is i mean we'll see what happens with clowney right, right. if that signing actually happens or not but um I would, Russo's tough because what are you getting? Are you getting 2019 or 2020? So that's the hard part for me, especially in a really good edge class. So I don't like that pick, but I think I could understand it. I don't personally like the value.
1: So Um, there we go.
0: That's what I have for that.
1: 27 Baltimore Ravens. Matt, this is to you.
0: Yeah, and I, I've said before, I think Lamar Jackson needs a wide receiver who can expand his strike zone. I love Lamar Jackson. He's not the most accurate quarterback. So what do you do? Give him a big receiver. That's Terrace Marshall Jr. at 6'3", ran a four three eight, Just incredibly valuable as a, a big receiver, something they need. And he had great production when Joe Burrow was there. I know last year the production dropped a little bit. Their quarterback situation was not ideal. So give me Terrace Marshall Jr., Two years in a row, Baltimore
2: would take an LSU player after having
0: never done it before. Never. And they would do it back-to-back years in the first round. Yeah,
2: I'm surprised it's not an Alabama guy that they're taking. If they're one available, they probably would.
1: All right, the New Orleans Saints at 28. I like this pick, Mel. Good job.
2: Number 28 overall. uh, You don't have Drew Brees anymore, so you better get whoever your quarterback is some weapons. I'm going to give them Elijah Moore, the little scatty receiver out of Ole Miss. I think this is exactly who they wanted Emmanuel Sanders to be last year when they tried to sign him, getting that guy who can take the top off the defense, who can work underneath as well, uh, opposite of uh, their receiver, who's Michael Thomas. Uh, I I think their go receiver in the first round, I think this is a perfect fit for them. Wouldn't even be surprised if we see the Saints try to move up and get a receiver they've moved up before and now they've got some really pressing needs so i'm gonna give them elijah moore this is one of my favorite picks i've actually done in this mock
0: yeah same here that's such a great scheme fit so yeah uh they have other needs but do like it
1: yeah i've been super high on him this whole time and i think that is the perfect place for him to end up to like be useful and got- i think he'll be what did you say exactly he's got some
2: dog in him too <laughs> He's got some dog in him. You like to see Mostly that. in the, first in the end, end zone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's really just mean, He'll he really piss people off in me- the end zone.
1: Pissed people off in the end zone. Good one. I see what you did there.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Clever. Thank you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to upset Mello with the selection because he did yes. this to me earlier. So Green Bay on the clock at 29. Corey Lindsley goes to the LA Chargers. They badly need a replacement on the interior. So Landon Dickerson, the center. From Alabama, and the number one interior offensive lineman in Melo's Heart goes to the Green Bay Packers. I know they need a receiver. We actually took most of them. I think this is a little early for Rashad Bateman, who I do like a lot. He came in quite a bit smaller than I expected. Like, I don't. So small. I know, you know, we're
2: all trying to drink more water, trying to lose a little weight. He didn't need to. And he He got got too much shorter. pounds. At receiver, he went from 210 to 190. Uh, Ran one hell of a 40 time. But I thought he was, like, the big receiver in this class.
1: I need his diet
2: tips. He's not. He's 6'1", 190. That's, that's average at best. Yep.
1: I'm just, like, imagining, like, Landon Dickerson's personality with Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not oh, yeah. sure it's going to be.
2: Uh, like, Landon yes. Dickerson and Bakhtiari. That would be, like, that's a beer-drinking crew right there. Elton Jenkins, that offense right. line would be I also, really good and a lot of fun.
0: I mean, Aaron's gone Ooh. after next year anyway. So. Very much so, I
1: just hopefully he's coming to San Francisco and then you will come back to us. Um, after <laughs> <laughs> Mac Jones bust, they um, traded three so-
0: first round picks, they're not getting Aaron Rodgers
2: after this year. He'll <laughs> that one Matt, just yep. let
1: me have let me make a joke at your expense, just please. Um, Sorry. but <laughs> moving on to the Buffalo Bills,
2: Buffalo Bills, dub Bills oh. number 30. Uh, I'm going pass rusher, jo- Jason Oway. Out of Penn State, exceptional 40. I think he jumped out of the building as well. Uh, I think there's a lot of upside here. And with the Bills, you can kind of do that. You might not need this guy to step on and immediately be a pass rusher. But in like year two, year three, you'd be looking at like a 12-sack guy and getting him comfortable in this defense. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, if you want to compete really in, in the AFC, you want to get back to the AFC championship game. I think if you can get after the quarterback, you got a pretty good chance of beating the Kansas City Chiefs and winning your division as well and Jason Oway out of Penn State definitely going to help you do that.
0: Uh, he's tough, didn't have a sack last year, but he is one of the most athletic players you're going to see in this class. almost a 40 inch vert, had an 112 broad jump, ran in the 43s. like that's just silly. Like, that that's not be able to do that real. That size. And so with Buffalo, with all the talent they have in Buffalo, if you had this freak coming off the edge, my goodness. And I use that word with all the love and respect it deserves because he is
2: crazy nice. good.
1: Yeah. So is this where you change the draft order to give Melo the
2: selection for so his own was, team? We swapped, yep. With my own team, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll tell you, the way the board falls, I don't love what's here. And I think that there are a lot of left tackles, and this has to be a left tackle. You can't wait till the second round if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and hope somebody falls into your lap. Maybe you trade back in the second round a little bit here, but I'm going to go with Walker Little, which is probably way too rich for Walker Little talk, but I really like him in this fit. He also hasn't played for two years. Uh, I don't know if – uh, he's, he shouldn't be drafted in the first round. But when I look at the other tackles that are available, I don't love Jalen Mayfield that much. Dylan and Sam Cosme could be a pick here. Liam Eikenberg. Uh, but for now, I'm going with Walker Little. He, he's got good feet. He's a pretty good athlete, super smart kid. And I think he's field ready, which is going to be important for the Kansas City Chiefs because you do have to have a day one rookie left tackle. Yeah. And if I'm going to pull the trigger on one of these guys to be my day one rookie left tackle, it's Eichenberg or it's Walker Little.
0: So yeah, how many... I think Eichenberg's probably a right tackle when it's all said and done.
1: According to this mock draft, how many first-round draft picks do we have on the podcast so far? Three? Four? Three. Look at us.
0: Three. I think so. And we admittedly did not push for interviews yeah, exactly. as hard this year as we could have because we were so busy. busy. We turned down... Uh, several, but we'll have them on after the draft, so it's fine. It'll work out.
1: The sure. defending champs, sure. the Tampa Bay Tom, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Matt, your pick.
0: Yeah, this was. There were a lot of really good players left on the board, uh, so I tried to look at need and think about value. And I'm going to go with Zavin Collins from Tulsa. I've seen him listed at linebacker. I've seen him listed at defensive end. He's just going to play in the front seven. Tampa is eventually going to lose, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, Levante David. There's going to be a need for someone who could be, I think, a positionless mismatch player in that front seven. For me, that would be Zayvon Collins. This is tough because I actually had quite a few players with round one grades that we didn't have drafted here. Uh, Travon Merig is my number 14 overall player. Najee Harris. Quitty Pay, Joseph Osai, Christian Barmore—those are all players in my top thirty who were still on the board. But Zayvon Collins is just too much of a, a fit for them here.
2: Yeah, I agree with that too. I do think he's a really good fit because he is such a chess piece that he could take over for, a, you know, an edge rusher type guy, or he could take over for a traditional linebacker where he drops in coverage. Had four interceptions last year. Uh, he, but he, he's he's a really big guy. I think he's like six four, two sixty. Yeah, he's a what Tulsa listed him at. I haven't seen any numbers from his pro day, but uh, I like that fit. And with Tampa Bay, you're just drafting for almost best player available. You don't have any need. Yeah. You know, you know, you, with fit. it's Collins is going to definitely fit. Like I said, he can play almost anywhere. So I like that pick pick for Tampa. Love it. I love it. I would love for people to rip this mock
0: draft. Like, who did we forget? What pick other than Mac Jones do you hate?
1: I love yeah, don't it. tell us a, that you hate the Mac Jones pick. I don't care. It's this an point. ideal
0: time to leave that Apple Podcast review or uh, tweet us at Two Guys a Girl Pod.
1: Follow us on Instagram. No subscribe deal. everywhere. Two Guys a Girl Pod.
0: Can't wait for that March matchup update. <clears throat> yep, Should
1: we'll we get that out soon? of the way once I come back from vacation. So.
0: Okay. Okay. Paige, you are not with us Thursday, right? It's a it's a Matt and Mello. Two guys, a girl Friday.
1: It is, yeah, it's a Matt and Mello free for all. <laughs> uh, so you guys, I oh, Lord. You guys get to do what you want, which, you know, I am very curious what the show entails. But remember it's a Friday Send episode, in
0: all, so, all the just the tip questions. Send them all in.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys will have just like the, the second and Let's third segment like, are just all just the tip.
0: You know what? We're just going to do like story time. I'm going to light a cigar. I'm going to pour a bourbon. <laughs> you fire And we're just going to like, right? We're just going to like tell stories. You know, I don't I know what the I ventilation is like in here, but maybe we'll do it from my, my deck. We'll do an outside <laughs> podcast and it will just be like, it, I would honestly do this. Like, if people had questions that weren't football related or like life, you know, just the tip questions, they're like, hey, how'd you get started in this? Or if they're like, Melo, what's it been like being a full time radio host? Like, ask us ask us anything that's what we should do for friday ask us anything.
2: i'm about it i am too all
1: right well you guys have fun i will be on vacation and um we'll definitely be tuning in though so just keep that in mind with anything that you say
2: (laughs) okay story time will be fun
0: we will it might be audio only because i'm you know we'll see we'll let the people know it'll be a good time though